What's up, everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Once again, our friends based out of right out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While, like I said, we just can't be zipping around like our favorite anime characters to travel to any place we want to. That's why we have our friends at The Gallery to bring these pieces of, of the world straight to us and you. All of the prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum giving your wall that sweet, sweet gallery finish. Right now, the gallery is offering our listeners 15% off their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com. That's T-H-E-G-A-L-R-Y.com. See your wall will never be boring again. Now, enjoy the show. of your favorite and the number one anime and manga show out on the internet. Yes, you made it. You made it to read, guys. Welcome on another Friday um, afternoon. I hope you guys are doing excellent. Excellent. I hope you got some water. I hope you got something to eat. Um, but if you're not, you know, maybe you're driving to work. Um, you know, maybe you're working out. Um, maybe you're just chilling at the house, watching some anime, you read some manga, you're taking a break. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to Weebcast. I'm gonna pop that in on that. You know, while I'm here, I, if I'm here on Spotify, listen to music. I'm on Apple. You know, I'm on Spotify. I'm on iHeartRadio, uh, or you know, Apple Podcasts. Why not? Why not open up Weebcast? Let me t- let me see what my boy C Dub is talking about. Um, but yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You you made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. Get a give yourself a good pat on the back. Um, you did it. You, you know, and why not treat yourself? Why not treat yourself, uh, you know, at the end of the week, end of the work week, with a nice, good chunk of some great anime and manga discussion with yours truly? You know, I'm, I'm a, look, I'm going to lead y'all to the promised land of logic and reasoning and this wacky world of anime and manga. Um, and I'm going to do my best to do it. I've been doing it for, for over, we're going to be hitting 30, I got 30 episodes, but the numbered ones, we're going to be hitting that for over for 30 episodes pretty soon. This is episode 29 right here. We're about to hit the 30 mark next week. Um, but let me have I been leading y'all correctly? The fearless leader C dub, aka Movie, aka Chris, aka the independent variable. Have I been a good leader? I like to think so. I have. I like to think so, right? I think I've been a pretty good leader in this world. Anime and manga, giving you guys the greatest content on the internet and plan to give you much more. You know why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is the first time I'm announcing it. I've announced it on my live show, which you guys um, need to check out as well. Check out Recast Hangout on Podbean. I stream there for about an hour from Monday through Friday uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern for about an hour and some change. Um, you can hear me talk about all kinds of things. All about news, I take questions, callers, uh, comments from Twitter and Instagram, um, and I kind of just chat really leisurely, not so much, a little less structured than the the podcast episodes, the podcast shows. So, um, download the Podbean app, listen to your favorite podcast there, listen to my Weebcast Hangout um, live shows Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 
Uh, but I, I think I revealed it there. And but I have not revealed it officially on the show here on Weekend Podcast Show, the number one anime manga show on the internet. Because now you can officially support this show on Patreon. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Weebcast has reached, has launched um, pay, our, you know, Patreon. So the Weebcast fam, the ones listening out there, you guys can now support this show. If you love what you've been hearing over this last several months, you've been loving the hot takes, you've been loving the anime and manga reviews, you've been loving the weekly manga corner, you've been loving my opening monologues, you've been loving the guests that I've been bringing on the show, then why not, why not support the podcast officially on Patreon, and you can find it on patreon.com forward slash weebcast show, um, and I got three tiers there for you, check it out, <clears throat> check it out when you get the chance, and support the show, become an official uh, weebcast supporter, become an official patron of the show, you get a lot of cool benefits, I'm going to be adding more benefits already to the tiers i've already got a good bunch of uh benefits for the three tiers already um but i'm going to be adding the more bonus shows um you get to select topics early episodes shout outs on the show uh, monthly amas join the private live shows on podbean with me um i want you guys to feel connected to the show i want to, I want to feel connected to you guys and that's what the and um and you can do that by supporting the show and make the show grow. And I want to grow with you guys. I want to help you guys. Uh, hope you guys will help me grow. And so we could do better and cooler things on the show. And have you guys feel connected. So do that. Patreon.com forward slash Weebcast Show. Um, to become an official supporter of the show. Um, I would, I, I'd love you for that to the end of time. I, I'm no cap. I'd love you guys. I would love you for, for the end of time. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. But um, definitely. Check that out. Um, but also, you know, check out the Instagram. We launched Instagram last week. Um, it's at Weebcast TV. Um, I post a lot of th- I post things if you missed the show. Um, I like to ask questions and get people's ideas and thoughts, feelings on different series, on different topics on Instagram. So check me out there at Weebcast TV. And also, Twitter. I love Twitter. And like I said last week, yeah, you know, they, they, they suspended my main account, but at least I got the backup, which you can follow at Based Senpai on Twitter. It's just Based Senpai, B-A-S-E-D-S-E-N-P-A-I, Based Senpai on Twitter. Make sure you guys follow me. Um, I, I mean, why not follow the best, the coolest guy on any Twitter? You know, why not get my hot takes, uh, get a little sneak peek, sneak peek on what I do. Uh, but I should bring up... Um, my Patreon, I post, I try to post daily. I give you a little snippet. I give you nice little insider knowledge of different things I like to do that I've been doing on the show. I just posted um, yesterday. If you're listening to the show on Friday, I just recently posted on my on, the, on my Patreon another post about some things I'm doing in the future. I have two posts on there. So if you guys become a patron, um, see what I'm talking about there, and you'll feel special. That's exclusively for you patrons. I... Like I said, it'll be getting all kinds of, you know, just check it out. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Weebcast Show um, and all that good stuff. Um, but I got a lot of cool things on today's show. I hope you guys will be able to stick around for me for about for some time. Um, like I said, get your water as I take an unprofessional sip of water myself. 
refreshing, refreshing. But um, yeah, we got some cool stuff on the show. Um, I'm gonna talk about a really cool anime and manga kaiji in a few seconds. Um, I'm gonna be talking about Ghost Time Paradox Rider, um, a manga then Shonen Jump, which has been an unfortunate end in the magazine. And then obviously at the latter half, your favorite, your favorite edition, I mean your favorite segment, um, my weekly manga corner. And on the weekly, on today's weekly manga corner, I'm going to be talking about um, three manga, three chapters that I picked out from this uh, recent magazine uh, last week, Shonen Jump issue. And I'm going to tell you guys, you know, what, basically I like to tell on that on weekly manga corner and tell you guys what you should be reading in the weekly manga Shonen Jump magazine. What's worth your time and what's not worth your time. Um, and I'll get into that too a little bit later in the show, but, um, yeah, I just want to jump right into it. Let's just jump right into it. Um, wh- where is it William DeFranco on YouTube? <laughs> and, and that's with Kaiji. Because I, I think a lot of people, you know, people who, and I, and I look at the demographics and listen to the show, a lot of you guys are millennials. Um, from 18 to 35, a big portion of this people, of this show's listener base are from 18 to 35 and I love it I love you guys there's some people a little younger than that and then I got some viewers who are older older than 30, you know older than 35 which is absolutely amazing and if you're older than 35 and you're listening to the show right now I care about you too and if you're under than 18 and you listen to the show right now I care about you okay um but Kaiji so I, I don't want to cater to my 1835 demographic, but Kaiji is is an anime and manga series that scarily, scarily resonates with the plight of Americans, of millennial Americans, um, in the year of 2020. Um, and and I'll, I'll make more sense in a bit. But let me start with this. Let me start with this. Following. You know, World War II, uh, and then the end of end of the 1980s in Japan, uh, they experienced on what what is called um, the ec- economic miracle, um, and the country built itself up from the rubble of the war, and really became one of the world's most powerful economies. Um, and but that came up to a, sh- a very abrupt ending um, in the 90s, in the early 90s. Uh, when the Japanese economy pretty much stagnated. <laughs> and stagnated pretty hard. Um, the country's real estate bubble kind of just burst. Wages fell. Traditional jobs with salaries um, and benefits um, were replaced by low-paying temporary jobs. Um, and the economy was a nightmare. which is a simple nightmare to step out of school into. You know, the youth who graduated high school and college, you know, during that time were still, or, you know, to this day, are still reeling from the effects. And for Americans, like, I, it's starting to sound a little familiar, right? People who are, you know, my age kind of remember about the economic crash that the, my country and America's fell in 2008 with its housing bubble. Um, but, but this manga and anime series, Kaiji, which I absolutely adore, Follows in a protagonist who graduated high school in 1993, um, and the series is drenched in just economic anxiety of the period, and and which makes it just scarily relatable um, to every millennial in America. 
or a majority of millennials, I, I guess I should say. But for people who don't know Kaiji, I'm gonna get y'all hip on it. Uh, but it's a gambling manga and anime series uh, by Nobuyuki Fukumoto. That's been running since 1996. Um, and the story follows Kaiji, a young man um, who's been reduced to just a listless, um, down on his luck, deadbeat, just by his, you know, by the simple fact of his inability to find stable and steady work um, in the difficult 1990s Japan. Um, but one day, you know, Kaiji's visited by one of those loan sharks, you know, the guys with the greasy, slicked back hair pinstripe suit uh, kind of talks with the wisecrack always smirking just a general asshole is that it? or is that kind of too much of a caricature those loan sharks I don't know what the I'm not sure what the deal is but you guys know what I'm talking and this loan shark informs him that he's on the hook for a large loan that he co-signed for a worker uh, and best case scenario best case scenario it's, it, it, it'd take Kaiji 11 years, 11, 11 years to pay off this loan. And to pay off his debt, Kaiji goes through a gauntlet, just a gauntlet of high stakes gambling games with rewards up to millions and millions of dollars and punishments ranging from slavery to just death to his life ending. Um, and, and, and I hope this, and a little side note. I hope this anime and the manga gets a little bit more notoriety. Not because after this episode of Weed Guys. Because uh, I ain't got that kind of pull. I mean, just be, I'm the, you know, this is the number one anime show on the internet. But, you know, I ain't got that kind of pull and get an anime to resurge again. But, you guys have the power. You guys have the power to do that. Talk about it. Tweet about it. Check. Look at that. Maybe you might like it. You might not like it. But, shows like Kakuriguri on Netflix, which has two seasons, which is another gambling uh, show that I highly recommend. And, you know, I thought the popularity of that show would get other shows like Kaji and other manga and anime series of its of its uh, ilk to, you know, get some pop, you know, get a little boost in popularity and searches and things like that, but not sure if it has, but uh, but the strongest arc I, I to I, what I believe is the in the anime is the underground labor camp arc in the beginning of season 2 and so this is months after a disastrous loss to the uh, Teai group. Um, Kaiji's in deeper debt than he's ever been. Uh, and this really doesn't look like there's any hope for him paying it back. Um, and since he can't back, pay back in cash, Kaiji is abducted and put to work um, in this Teai group's underground forced labor camp. Yeah. He's pretty much a slave now. Um, and prisoners there are tasked with consulting or constructing a uh, massive nuclear bunker. Um, I think they call it a kingdom of some court, where even in a nuclear apocalypse, um, the wealthy can you know still enjoy their lives of luxury. Um, but after the 90% cut that goes towards the debt repayment, uh, room and board, Kaiji is only able to pocket a mere nine, just a little bit over nine thousand yen. And put that in, in for US dollars, that's only 85 bucks. So that's an entire month of just break backing um, labor. It's blood, sweat, and tears. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I remember there's, there's one scene where he's, you just see him 
we have an angle of Kaiji. He's on his knees, head down, and he's just like, finally, cold beer after an entire month of hard labor. Uh, but the night of his first payday, he's kind of seeing, he's just balking at the sight of his other co-workers who are spending their money on just overpriced snacks. And Kaiji's goal is to save up every single penny. Every single penny for these six months they wanted to buy a one-day pass to the outside world. Uh, and one's out. You know, he, he was hoping to win enough money in debt and, and one day of gambling to just wipe his debt clean. But but that man, my man's humble. You know, he's humble. And he learns just how foolish a mistake he's made and his, his mindset was. Because, you know, the small indulgences of beer and potato chips, you know, things like you and I like to like to, to indulge in. Is, is what is, is what keeping these slaves at this labor camp going day to day um, or month to month and denying oneself of these small pleasures take just super human willpower um, and even if he saved up those for six months to get one day fast just the idea of just trying to win enough money to clear his debt in just one day is ridiculous and absurd even for a guy like him um, but Ka- Kaiji's initial attitude is the same one that that leads to people like you and I to blame the economic conditions of millennials on spending too much money on Starbucks, you know, McDonald's, that nice, slightly salty avocado on spread on a nice, slightly toasted uh, piece of bread. Uh, on paper, you know, a couple decades of making your own coffee at home could eventually lead you just enough savings to put a down payment on a house, you know? But the real issue isn't people allowing themselves um, small treats in their, in their lives. Um, it's the larger system that keeps people trapped in a prison of just debt and poverty. Um, just a vicious, vicious, vicious cycle. Um, but the work camp becomes an even more uh, insidious um, when a visit to the camp's infirmary reveals that paying off the debt through work may not even be a possibility at all. And we see this when a worker um, collapses from a, uh, a coughing fit. And Kaiji's just kind of ordered to help him take to infirmary. He's, you know, got him on his back. And he's like, God damn, man. Um, and just the whole way there, the worker is begging not to be taken um, to the camp hospital. He just insists on the stretcher, just yelping about, like, he can still work. I can, st- I can do this. Let me back out there, coach. Put me out there, you know. And, and when Kaiji reaches the infirmary, um, he finally understands the man's desperation. Because the sick room, the infirmary might as well just be a graveyard. And, and there's a really cool part, and I got it here, here written down. The narrator describes it best here. He really does. And I quote, Laid out before him was a hell with it hell. The end of the line. Lungs wrecked by dust. Bodies destroyed by slave labor. Damned souls suffering through their final hours. End quote. And we, we see this, this powerful scene where we see Kaiji um, and another worker. And we just see the infirmary. It's not even lit. People laying on mats. Um, some of them looking like they're dead on their back right there. Um, and if the havoc of the labor wrecked upon these workers' bodies wasn't bad enough. Kaiji told is you know is told here by the workers that they have to pay for their own medicine. Um 
And of course, if you can't work, you know, can't get paid. Uh, and so the vast majority who end up in the infirmary just die. Just, they just die there. You know, they, they spend their last moments there. And working diligently doesn't really guarantee you paying off debt and achieving any semblance of freedom. So in all likeliness, most of the workers in a camp reach the end of their lives without even paying off half of their debt. And, and it just highlights a whole system. And, and the thing is, it becomes even scarier when you realize that the system that Americans live with isn't all that different. Uh, look, there, there was a 2009 study done by the Harvard Medical School that found that 45,000 Americans die annually directly because of a lack of health insurance. And, and the issue of health insurance and healthcare may be probably the most single defining topic for American millennials, um, you know, right up there, you know, with, with the economy. Um, and, and the country has gone from passing to, you know, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act back in 2010 um, to a lot of uh, millennial voters right now supporting Medicare for All in 2020. Um, but unlike America, Japan has universal health care, free at the point of service. Um, but it's frightening. How well Fukumoto's fictional vision of healthcare in, in this hell kind of just resonates so clearly with Americans that, you know, with Americans around the ages of you and I are facing and currently fighting to change in the year 2020 um, and for years before and years and prior. But Kaiji eventually escapes um, the work camp um, and clears his death. But it, but it isn't through his individual willpower or discipline and de- denying convenience store snacks and drinks and beer and all that stuff. It's him working with a group called the 45ers. Uh, and think back. You remember Occupy Wall Street? You know, remember the 1% versus the 99%? Sound, sounds a little familiar, right? And together with the 45ers and Kaiji, they take the fight. They take the fight. Um, directly to the system um, that's been exhorting them um, and they walk away with enough money to Kaiji to not only escape and set off a journey to win uh, enough money to settle all their debts um, but but there's a gap between Kaiji and the, legit, the legitimate world of employment um, and the world of the Tei group's games um, in the outside world Kaiji's looked at as a, as a like a hopeless bum, you know. At best, he's a minimum wage convenience store clerk. Um, and in that first episode, the loan collector Endo gets a read on him that really cuts deep. Um, I think I got that quote right here too. He, I think Endo says, and I quote, "You feel like garbage every day, don't you? Powerless, degraded, non-productive." End quote. Um, and Bakaji's gambling reveals that he's worth a lot more than that. We see that he's virtually unmatched in willpower, tactical thinking, emotional intelligence. And he uses all these skills, um, and it's enough to not only save his life, but save the lives of his, of, of his peers in numerous occasions. But even still, even still, it's unfortunately, it doesn't translate to gainful employment. It, it's subtle. And just a powerful message about one's true worth not being measured by their, you know, economic success. Um, 
Kaiji just isn't some story about a man playing extreme gambling game. It's part of it, though. It's really a story about a man who's part of a generation who got the economic rug pulled right from under his feet, just along with his peers. Um, about a narrow field of options and just a crushing prison of debt weighing heavy, just heavy on his spirit. But in the end, he, he manages to pull through. He does. And, and that's through uniting with those who share his same plight. And, and Kaiji's story of this anime manga is one that should resonate with American millennials like you and I. And help them, and just help us understand that they're common plight that are that are common plight as American and millennials shares a lot of similarities with those people who live, who were part of the large lost generation of Japan. And Japan's lost generation still to this day really from those effects um, in, in the times of, in the 1990s, uh, decades later, right now. And things really aren't looking so hot in America right now either. But uh, that's another thing for another day. Uh, but Kaiji tells us if we learn to stick together, we'll hit our jackpot eventually. And, you know, there's this, this light, this some light at the end of the tunnel. Just like the show says, as Kaiji is celebrating with his buds, things are starting to look good. The show says, the future is in our hands. Um, yeah. It, it, like, you guys need to check out Kaiji when you guys get the chance. It's, it's a wonderful show, even in more incredible manga. Uh, and it's just so many things you can learn, and it's so many things people who are our ages can relate to, and which I makes it think is one of the one of the greatest series. Uh, it just in in not only just anime and manga, but just in fiction. Uh, so, but we'll move on from that. We'll, we'll be a little more lighthearted. Hater to start off the show, such a on such a sour note. Uh, but on the other side, uh, we're gonna get into, like I said, some more manga. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the ghost, the, the ghost time paradox manga, meeting this unfortunate end in Shonen Jump, and we're gonna get to one of my favorite. My favorite segment is just the weekly manga corner where I tell you what's worth reading, uh, what's worth your time in weekly Shonen Jump, and what's not worth your time. Because um, I got some interesting things to talk about, uh, but that'll be on the side. After some music, we're gonna bump out to some music at the end, and I'll put in some ads. And then uh, stick with me on the other side so we can get some manga discussion. And thank you. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome 
back. It's Free Cash Radio. Alright, let me stop. You ain't trying to hear me sing. This, this, you ain't here for that, right? You're not here for me to hear me sing, right? That, that, that ain't that ain't why we here. Um, like I said, I'm gonna get into some more manga. I hope you guys enjoy the first half of the show. Talking about one of my favorite series of all time, Kaiji. Um, the gambling anime and manga. Um, but we're keeping we're keeping it moving. We're keeping it pushing. And I'm gonna be talking about Time Paradox Ghost Rider. Um, and it's unfortunate and confusing ending that it's that it saw um, in the latest issue in the latest magaz- uh, latest issue of Weekly Shonen. Jump. Excuse me. Um, it's one of those mangas that I've been reading. I was watching pretty closely. I'm pretty sure I even did the first chapter. I reviewed the first chapter um, on a weekly manga corner on one of these episodes months ago when it premiered. Um, but Kenji Ichimos and Asunahiro Date's Time Paradoxical Rider, Ghost Rider came to an end um, in this week's issue of number 39 of Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, coming in only at 14 chapters in total, um, Time Paradox Ghost Rider's ending no doubt came to a surprise, not only to me, but just a lot of English readers. Um, but those in Japan probably had a little inkling and probably had an idea more, a closer idea to about it than us readers in America. Um, and this is because since day one, um, Time Paradox Ghost Rider has been a controversial series domestically for Rico Shonen Jump. And I mean that for, for the Japanese readers. The idea of the protagonist Sasaki telling, you know, Sasaki stealing another person's work and passing it off as their own, no matter the reason why, never really sat well with Japanese audiences as the um, Amazon Reviews show. So, like I said, I hopped on uh, Amazon Reviews in Japan, Japanese website, and saw and went through some of the customer reviews. Both of the star ratings and just the um, um, uh, and, and the written reviews. I couldn't, like I said, I know some people who know a little bit more Japanese than I do. Uh, and you know, with all the free systems we have out and for translating this, translating it, um, I can only do so much. But at the time of this recording, Customer ratings for the Time Paradox Ghost Rider Volume One sat at about 41 percent, uh, 41 percent five star, 34 percent one star, 10 percent two star, respectively. Uh, although five stars are in the majority, but it's the difference between that and the lower scores show that the opinion is pretty much polar, polarized, po- polarized as if fucking. Can speak, um, but looking at, like I said, I looked at some of the text of these reviews themselves, and we get, we kind of get a closer indication of how that, as to how the audience reception played a hand in Time Paradox Ghost Writers ending. Um, this is one of the one-star reviews from Budechan um, that I got from. This is from August fourth, and I picked this one out because I thought it was particularly brutal. Um, let me get it out for you. Um, Ghost, uh, Ghost Time or Time Paradox Ghost Rider leaves a bad taste in your mouth. 
Protagonist is nothing but excuses to preserve the series' interesting concept, setting, and philosophy. All of the characters also only exist for, for his benefit. The title says it all. Concept and plot is fairly interesting. And one of those time, one of those time paradox stories where the heroine has to be saved from certain death. You have to find these and jump, but they can be kind of cool. However, this series ends up wasting this interesting setting with a protagonist full of excuses excuses attempting to justify his actions and the heroine is only used for plot convenience the editor is also useless an issue of jump from 10 years in the future appears and a protagonist is mistaken for a dream publishes it as in weekly shonen jump um, as it is in weekly shonen jump he learns that later that this is plagiarism but figures that he has a duty to continue publishing it now that he has put it out into the world more like he didn't want to let the realization that he was plagiarizing get in the way of his chance of getting a serialization. Still, he attempts to pass himself as some sort of Jesus figure, shouldering the knowledge of his sin, and even refuses to use any of the money that he earns from the series. Um, what on earth were the money lenders who believed him in him and lent him money thinking? And then he goes and makes things even worse by saying that continuing the series that he stole is somehow his fate. How on earth can like a protagonist? How on, how on earth can you like a protagonist who continues to hurt himself while constantly trying to show off just how tortured he is? The editors and the heroine just continue to act in a way that is convenient to Sasaki without re reapproaching him. He, he, you have to wonder what the point, of, you know, what's what's the point of the mangaka having? editors is it's a pity to think that if the author had managed to create a protagonist with one single redeeming quality then this series might have been just all right um fucking ouch god damn booty chan coming at my coming at this coming at this series neck man not not with a knife uh, but fucking axe god damn I mean, and the thing is, such an opinion is kind of fairly respective of the majority. Because there was another user uh, from August 4th, same day, called it a nothing manga. Chastising it as exactly the same kind of empty manga that they talk about in the story. <laughs> like, god damn. They were holding. And, and it was other use, reviews that I was reading that had the same exact kind of um, feeling. Clearly. The idea of having Sasaki pass off a story from the future as his own has made readers very uncomfortable. But nevertheless, as the first review shows, this was not the only problem contributing to Time Paradox Ghostwriter's ending. Because um, readers were willing to give it the benefit of the doubt at the beginning due just to the interesting premise it had. Like I said, I think I said on the show when I, when I talked about the first chapter, it was a mix of Steins Gate and Bakuman. Um, and if you liked any of those series to any capacity, then you were probably going to like that first chapter of um, Time Paradox Ghost Rider. Um, but how it developed, how this premise developed later on was where, how, where things starting to come undone. Um, that's why I was like, you know what? Some closer inspection is needed here. So I was like, let me dive a little bit deeper into this. Um, Basically, on to the point where, where did this manga, where did it go wrong for a Time Paradox Ghost Rider and its ending? 
Um, see, the focus of many of the views is the characters. And it's primarily focused on the protagonist, Tepe Sasuke. And this is surprising that Sasuke appears quite relatable in the series. You know, in the series' opening chapter. In his mid-twenties, down on his luck, struggling to achieve his dreams. Um, it's an archetype that a lot of readers relate to. You know, not only for myself, but also for people who are listening to Weedcast right now. Um, and, you know, Kaiju number eight... Um, another series has recently drawn extensive praise for using the same exact ter- uh, character type. But even so, it really all comes down to development. And, and, and no matter how relatable Tepe Sasaki is, or appears to be at the beginning, without sufficient development, it just kind of becomes fuck all. It's just kind of meaningless. And the problem is that as the, kind of the first, as Buddha-chan expertly roasted, and I mean pointed out, um, it, it, after a while, he quickly becomes a walking excuse for the plot. Instead of grappling with the consequences of his plagiarism, he rationalizes and kind of places himself at the service of the time travel story. Um, and that is precisely the exact opposite of how you craft living, breathing, and relatable characters. Which is the heart and soul of any good piece of fiction, of any story. Um, and it reminds me of one of the pages where you have Sasuke looking dead on and dead on at you, and we have some thought bubble, thought blocks pieces. And um, I have one of these pictures pulled up on the uh, on the Bizmedia Shonen Jump app. And he says like, or he said, I think is an inner monologue. He's like. I have to draw this. I have to draw with this cross of guilt weighing on my back. I have to bring it forth into the world until the story reaches its end. That is kind of weird. It's, that is, it's kind of. How do I say it? it's tone deaf in a way? Is that a good way to put it? It's kind. Of, it's just tone deaf. It's um. And and reading these reviews, it kind of makes sense why a lot of domestically this this manga rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and like I said obligatory unprofessional simply water sorry just had to very sorry um but beyond just Sasuke there are just not a lot of characters worth talking about um even Aino uh who's supposed to be the series uh, secondary protagonist turns out to be more than just a plot device more than anything else um, she enjoys no agency outside of Sasuke and finds herself trapped in a fate that she just can't overcome uh, to a certain extent we still care about her you know due to her just her cute and really good design you know and I give big props to Sunihiro Date's art because um, most of it his art in the series is damn good um, but this is once more to a surface level uh, character development aside Time Paradox Ghost Rider's biggest draw was undoubtedly its intriguing presence, like I stated before. In this regard, we really have to give author Kenji Ichima some credit. Because Time Paradox Ghost Rider is probably the most interesting idea for a story to come out in Weekly Shonen Jump in a, in a good while. Yet, that idea means nothing if you can't really properly put it into practice. Uh, for some reason, Time Paradox Ghost Rider 
shifts very early on to become like a production drama along the lines of Bakuman or Shirobako. Um, and this occurs around the end of chapter 4, I believe, when Aino becomes Sasuke's assistant, uh, being faced with the shortcomings of his own artistic ability, and he's kind of forced to undergo a sort of training arc to match up to the quality of Aino's white knight from the future. Um, and the problem is, is that it, this isn't achieved in a very interesting way. Instead of explaining how Sasuke might improve his artwork, the series simply shows us several scenes of him shouting and supposedly going beyond his limits uh, to match up to Aino. Sure, I mean, it looks cool, but it's hardly compelling writing once you kind of dig into it for more than a second. And perhaps because how poorly this development was received among Weekly Shonen Jump readership, Time Paradox Ghost Rider shifted gears very quickly three chapters later and chapter seven when it, it just introduces more plot elements explaining that Sasuke had to beat Aino's white knight from the future in order to save her from the fate of death. Um, and at this point, it becomes increasingly hard to see where the author Ichimo's shortcomings began um, and the threat of cancellation kind of creeps in here. Because if Ichima had already been told at this point that Time Paradox Ghost Rider was going to be ending, which would not be exactly unsurprising given just the poor reception on the readership, then it stands to reason that he would be forced to develop the plot a little earlier and at a faster rate um, because that axe was, you know, getting so close to his neck. Um, and, and this development, most of the development in particular just feels like a deuces machina. Um, but still, the faults of each one's writing towards the beginning of the series, shifting gears so rapidly from one element to another, um, and subboarding character development and to plot development, make it clear that even if he was given more time, things probably wouldn't have turned out any better. You know, because it would have been because of his own story shortcomings that he was given this notice. The blame lies, therefore entirely with him and just him alone uh, and I should bring up I think this serves as a pretty decent warning I think this is a good warning for Shonen Jump because by the time of Time Paradox Ghost Rider's ending uh, proper had rolled around many fans were already checked out Sasuke being trapped in a tie blue felt like a rehash of the series' early training arc um, and questions such as who was sending issues of Weekly Shonen Jump from the future were left unfavorably unanswered truly time paradox ghost rider had all the hallmarks of a series out of time um quite ironic um due to the uh, series is um uh pretty interesting concept but um, even understanding the series's faults um however you know but it would not be enough to understand why time paradox ghost rider met with such a sudden ending um, after all the series' first volume had been selling better than Mori King, another series that was launched around the same time as this. Um, it is still ongoing. Um, in the sense, we need to understand just the sheer amount of backlash that the series has faced both in the magazine and as a collective issue. Um, volume release, I mean. But hopefully, this article, I mean, this, um, you know, this manga, this volume, this series, uh, and hopefully this podcast and this show help to explain at least some of that here. 
But for, for our part and for Pete here, I, I just hope that the time paradox magnanimous ending doesn't do doesn't do is convince Shueisha and Weekly Shonen Jump that time travel stories or series that deal with implications of plagiarism are a no-go. Because time travel can be extremely interesting. Confusing, but interesting. And constituting some of my favorite stories in fiction. You know, it has a lot of my favorite sh- shows and manga and American and Japanese deal with time travel. I like it a lot. I like the, th- I like the thought of it. Um, but I just hope that Shonen Jump doesn't shy away from these controversial topics and that we progress as a society rather you know rather it, it is by discussing them dissecting them truly just digging deep into the manner like what we always do here at weekend that's the name of the game um that we truly come to understand ourselves you know those around us and just our wider culture um, but for now however time paradox ghost rider ending stands as an interesting entry in the modern weekly shonen jump canon it kind of teaches us that shoddy storytelling and mixed messages and you can provoke a pretty strong reaction from your domestic audience. And uh, really, it's specifically it's the idea of plagiarism that really riles up a Jap- the Japanese audience. Um, exploring why that might be is beyond the, the scope of what I can do in this in a short short time matter on this podcast episode. But I hope others just kind of contribute to the conversation. So I hope tell me what you think about it um, on Twitter, on my Twitter, or on my Instagram. Uh, but even though it's ended, Time Paradox Ghost Rider will not be forgotten anytime soon um, because it stands as one of Weekly Shonen Jump's most controversial series in a long, long time. Uh, and could be worth checking out for that very simple reason. Just don't expect too much. Um, but like I said, you can read if you want, if you want, to read Time Paradox Ghost Rider for free on this media's Shonen Jump app. Um, speaking of Shonen Jump, um, it's time. You know what time it is. It's time for the weekly manga corner brought to you by CW Cell. Uh, one of my favorite segments to do on the show is the weekly manga corner because I, like I said, I love, as much as I love anime, I love watching. I still to this day, but I, I love reading manga. It's easier to do. It's easier to fit into my schedule. And uh, it's a treat. It's just a simple treat to do. So, um, that's what I like to do. I like to read, and I, I'm serious when I say this. I read every single, for the past, ever since I've gotten the Viz Media Show and Jump app, um, I read everything in, that, in every single issue of Weekly Show and Jump for about a few months now. Um, probably around, I guess it's been around January of, of this year. So, for, for a good bit now. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what, why not help people? You know, explore the entire issue of Weekly Shonen Jump week in and week out, and let people know what's actually worth their time reading. Now, you know what? And so that's what I do. On the Weekly Manga Corner, sit down with your boy, C Dub, aka Mori, aka Chris, aka the Independent Variable, um, and listen to what I think are what I think is worth your time reading in in the latest Shonen Jump issue and today I got a we got a chapter one let's be excited for that we got a chapter one I love doing chapter ones and that's part of the reason why I picked it on this week's um uh weekly manga corner because it's a it's a chapter one and if people who read American comics issue ones are usually do really well you know you know like let's say there's a new Spider-Man title a Spider-Man book 
usually issue one does really well and people review it they buy the hell out of it because they want to know what what's gonna they want to know how this writer how this artist is gonna create a story off jump and see where things are gonna go um and issue ones are always exciting it's always exciting um that's why we have a um an issue one on today's weekly manga corner as i take another unprofessional sip of water here But let's, like I said, it's the ending of another week, which means only one thing, and that's Weekly Shonen Jump. Shueisha's legendary manga magazine has been releasing every week for 50 years at this point, and it still has enough exciting series in it in its roster to justify its hollowed status. Plus, with Viz Media now publishing the entire magazine in English, there's never been a better time to jump in. Uh, and then this weekly manga corner your boy c-dub will investigate the latest and greatest in the world of weekly shonen jump telling you what's worth your time and what's not this week i'm chatting phantom seer chapter one chainsaw man 82 and hard-boiled cop and dolphin chapter eight um but uh let me start off with and like i said this isn't really related to weekly shonen jump but i do have to bring up i think i talked about it on my live show earlier this week but the news of the passing of Kose or Kosui Ikuchi over the weekend um, was saddening not only to me but for a lot of people of his peers and, people, and, uh, and his readership um, the young art I think he died at 23 so just a bunch of unfortunate just young age and uh, the young artist only had started his Kimio Alive and Kodansha's weekly shonen magazine it was on track for, for, for some great things and to have him just snatched away from us at, t- at a young age of 23, um, just what, three years younger than myself, uh, it, it feels like a, 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 a just unimaginable huge loss. Um, so, so while you know, I'll be discussing a lot of Shueisha series from here on out, don't, just don't hesitate to check out Kimio Alive via Kodansha. Um, and, that's, and it's just the least of what I can do to keep his uh, memory alive. But, um, let's move on. Because like I said, I have a, a chapter one series, Phantom Seer. And um, I think I talked about this on Twitter. Because I was pretty excited about it because I loved the look of it. When I saw the, the art, I saw the art, that first page. Um, it really looked, it looked interesting. Um, something about the main character the white haired main, main characters kind of do something to me I don't know it, it, they, they just do something to me um but this latest round of new series continues this week with Phantom Seer chapter 1 uh, following Burn the Witches highly anticipated but decisively low key debut last week yet unlike Burn the Witch this series is sticking around for the foreseeable future Meaning that it definitely merits some closer inspection. If we're going to be getting this for, you know, actually going to be getting it longer than Burn the Witch, which is only, like I said, going to get four chapters. Um, I, I think it's worth it. You might be seeing this, you might be hearing Phantom Seer more on the show in the future. But um, heading into this first chapter of Phantom Seer, two things gave me a fair bit of excitement. Firstly, the series is based off a of one shot from last year. Um, that won first place in the Golden Future Cup. 
um, also titled Phantom Seer or um, Honomeru Shonen, The Barely Visible Boy in Japanese. Um, it brought together uh, Togo Goto on story and Kento Masuda on art. Uh, the last name in turn, they sound a little bit familiar because Masuda also did the art for last year's Tokyo Shinobi Squad, which evoked some worrying themes while maintaining consistently really solid and cool art style. Um, the second thing that got me excited was the prospect of that Masuda might finally be able to find a story to match the quality of his art, unlike to Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Um, but, god damn it. Um, he picked the short straw again. Because um, for the most part, Phantom Seer Chapter 1 is pretty unremarkable. It follows the story of a Riku Ibetsu, a high school girl who has some sort of psychic power that allows her to detect an intimate danger. And she ends up coming into contact with Iori uh, Kantanaki, uh, the white-haired fellow, uh, a mysterious boy who tells her that she's been haunted by a phantom. And fast forward a couple plot developments later, and the two are battling it out against spirits in a style that kind of reminds me of Shaman King, or, you know, in a, a, a little bit. Um, but immediately, however, Phantom Seer Chapter 1 is confronted with a problem. Um, and there have already been quite a supernatural series in Weekly Shonen Jump as of late. So, even if we discard concluded series such as Bone Collection or Mitama Security, um, and, recently, and recently the debuted um, Ayakashi Triangle from Yabuki Kentaro, touches on very much the same notes um, that uh, Phantom Seer touches on. Um, Riku even attracts spirits, just as Suzu attracts Ayakashi. Um, but, um, nevertheless, you know, I was willing to give Phantom Seer a chance here. Um, being, like I said, being chapter one, I get excited. You know, I want to jump right into it and see what, see what we're dealing with. Um, so I gave a lot of benefit of the doubt. But pretty quickly, however, some of the things rubbed me the wrong way already. You know, firstly, the character of Iori isn't really likable. Um, I get that's not that isn't you know I get that's supposed to be the point, but I wasn't able to find any charm points among the aloofness and egotism about him. Secondly, it's kind of hard to see where things might develop here on out. Um, there's the mystery of Iori's older sister, but but the whole thing kind of feels like a rehash of the original one shot, so it's hardly an exciting shot. Almost kind of a la Chapter One of Burn the Witch, but. To be honest, I was pretty clocked out from majority of Phantom Seer 1, you know what I mean? I was already kind of hit the snooze. Um, that is until the character of uh, Onyoki appears. Um, and this is Iori's Phantom. Um, and that he unleashes like, at the very end, coming straight out of the most nightmarish regions of Japan's mythology. You know, the dark, his dark, terrifying appearance to, just kind of provided a greatly needed wake-up call for what was otherwise a pretty boring story so far. Um, even so, this poses a lot of problems. You know, for starters, having the majority of your debut chapter being quite unengaging isn't exactly a very good look. Um, and and I can't help but think that this is just setting up the exactly same dynamic that plagued Tokyo Tokyo Shinobi uh, Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Just a mediocre uh, a, a mediocre story punctuated by occasional glimpses of just artistic greatness but 
after all, it's, it is Kento Masuda that he's doing majority of the heavy lifting here and not really uh, Togo Goto. Um, Shueisha must see something here because, you know, as they lauded the initial one shot, but I'm just afraid I really don't see it. All I can see is a barely visible outline of something that's already crashed and burned before. And I'm not really sure if I want to go through that again. So still, you know, things could get better from here on out. So just keep your eyes peeled and I'm going to be, I'm going to be investigating it further for you guys, for the Weedcast fam. Um, don't you forget that. Um, but next, um, I have one of my favorite series and I think it's one of the, one of the greater series in Weekly Shonen Jump right now. And that's Chainsaw Man. Um, cause we're going to be talking about Chainsaw Man chapter 82, um, because any of the pain that I felt from reading Phantom Seer Chapter 1 was, surprisingly, nothing compared to the fit pain that I felt reading Chainsaw Man Chapter 82. Um, to be honest, the past couple of chapters of Tatsuki's Fujimoto series have been nothing but pure pain. Um, starting with Aki's death in 79, followed by Power's death in 81. Um, at this point, reading Chainsaw Man is pure, just being, it's showing up by Mac, uh, not, you know, my pain pleasure side right now because you either like being hurt or enjoy watching other people suffer because either way, you're probably not in the right head, but you might as well join the club because chapter so- cha- Chainsaw Man Chapter 82 opens up with a line that is surely aimed at much of the readers as it is the characters of the series. Uh, Denji's still reeling from the, pa- from the death of power um, and he asks Makima, "Am I dreaming?" Desperately hoping that he, you know, that he's right. Because, and then Makima responds with perhaps the most terrifying line, a cold-hearted laugh that is just delivered without dialogue and just without sound effects, just placing the emphasis on solely her writhing body and contorted facial expressions. It's, um, to be honest, this spread that picture spread which may go down in as just as history is one of the most brutal um, in weekly shonen jump history seriously th- there's nothing more insulting and more terrifying than someone laughing in the face of, of abject pain and tragedy to an extent it, it feels like fujimoto is laughing at is laughing at us through her uh, chainsaw man chapter 82 also has some strong competition on the antagonist front this week my Hero Academia, in particular, is continuing to show us how terrifying uh, Shigaraki can be um, now that he's gotten his hands on all, all for one. Um, nevertheless, Chainsaw Man Chapter 82 has more one thing has one more thing going for it, and the series of revelations that follow this brutal scene, recasting the whole series and just in a different light. Um, after having a good laugh. Makima goes on to admit that everything that has happened in Denji's life up until this point has been part of her master plan. In order to break his contract with uh, Tochita, um, she decided to make his life as happy as possible before breaking the whole thing down and making it impossible from, for him to ever really live, live a normal life. And it seems to have worked, you know, as well as Chainsaw Man Chapter 82 ends with Denji lying listlessly on Makima's couch, um, you just get a sense of dread from him, while Makima just kind of lives her life as if nothing's happened. As to why Makima would do this, is not really quite clear yet, and uh, there's something about the fact that Denji killed his father, 
turns out to be, turns out what was behind that ominous door was the truth that did not kill himself. Um, but there's clearly something that we aren't being told. Something that's being held from us, you know? And, and but why would Makami be interested in breaking Dungeon's contract with Pochita in the first place? I'd wager it'd have to do something with the fact that Pochita is actually the devil. You know, foreshadowed way, way, way back in chapter 53, but that's still kind of early and kind of remains to be seen. Um, but to be honest, that ongoing mystery is the only real thing that's keeping this series going at this point in time. By killing off most of the main characters, Tatsuki Fujimoto is walking the dangerous line between shock horror and outright disgust, though. Uh, but it's been walking it pretty damn nicely, though, so far. And it's very possible that some readers will give up on this series as a result if he continues to go that far. Uh, but of course, there's also the prospect of seeing how Denji manages to break out of Nakima's control. And whatever, whether or not this happens is just another question entirely. So judging from Fujimoto's previous work, um, Fire Punch, um, he doesn't exactly do happy endings. Um, check that Fire Punch out too. Satisfactory ones for sure, but not really ones that leave you feeling quite I don't know. I don't know. Happy inside. Uh, but, um, finally, finally, we're going to head into Cardboard Cop and Dolphin Chapter 8 to end off the weekly, sh- uh, my weekly manga corner. Uh, after all of Phantom Scene Chapter 1's Dark Horror and Chainsaw Man's Chapter 82 Intense Drama, you'd be, like I said, I, I want this to be a nice palette cleanser of the Last week, we finished off with some gag. You know, I think I talked about a gag manga um, at the end of weekly sh- at, at the end of my weekly manga corner last week. Um, but now we're going to... But there's no, there's really no such dice this week, you know? So, Mori King was average. Uh, Mogu-chan was more the same. And Mia Roboko is back to a usual disconcerting antics. So... So I had to stick with hard-boiled cop and dolphin chapter 8 here to save the day. Um, as it finally gets into his plot after, I don't know, seven weeks after just mucking about. Um, it, it must be said that I've been quite enjoying hard-boiled cop and dolphin as of late. Perhaps it has to do something with like its 2000s era idio, you know, idiosyncrasies. And, or maybe it has to do something with the tropical setting of it. But either way, it has me liking it and Ruhei Tomoda has managed to craft something that has gone beyond its unfortunate political connotations we don't talk about that but and becoming something genuinely entertaining so props to you uh Tamara Tamura um there's this point where we get to see the main characters <laughs> both looking on and they both say about time. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's about time this series gets into its main plot. Um, we've known about the concept for the overall plot of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin for a while now. But Chapter 7 is really the first time um, that it's put into action. Uh, Samajima and Orpheus are interrupted in the middle of their um, ocean diving expedition from last week by a sudden call. It's from Section 7 super secret agency within public safety that uh that no one knows for sure really exists um and it's uh and they have a mission for reluctant park partners 
take down Osawa, the, or I think it's called the Osawara family, an ocean gang that is threatening to disrupt peace on the tropical island of Anigashinima. Um, and, and all in this call, all of this call in Harbo, Cop, and Dolphin, Chapter 7, really does confirm that we already knew, you know, we already caught rumors of the so-called ocean gangs back in Chapter 2. And Orpheus has never really held back in hinting that there's a world be beneath the ocean surface. Um, nevertheless, you know, one other important thing to come out of this call relates to Samuyuma, um, Jingui. Jingui, the caller from Section 7, confirms that she was the one who got him sent to the boonies. Um, and that if he wants to get out, he has to distinguish himself even more than Orpheus has. Um, and, and this provides Sabujima with a concrete goal in mind. Now, so now we have a concrete goal for, for Samajima, um, which is something that's been sorely lacking up until this point um, in this story. But furthermore, you know, Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin Chapter 7 jump straight into the implications of this revelation by getting Orpheus and his partner to take on the antagonistic gang members who are actually anthropomized sea creatures thanks to the power of Chica. Uh, a lot of stuff to take in, but for sure, but it's also necessary for plot development, so I'm I'm kind of letting this go. Whether or not Hardboard, Cop, and Dolphin, Chapter 8's plot development does anything for the series prospect is sort of an open question right now. Um, while I haven't seen so much criticism beyond the slightly insensitive political nature of the first chapter, uh, I haven't much praise either, but what I worry is that Ruhei uh, Tomoda's name might keep things ticking for a little bit longer, but before the series comes to a magnanimous end, in the same vein of, you know, Samurai 8. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but you can read Phantom Seer Chapter 1, Chainsaw Man Chapter 82, and Horror Boiled Cop and Dolphin Chapter 8 for free in Viz Media's Shonen Jump. Um, but thank you. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Folks, so good. I hope you guys have been enjoy enjoyed this edition of Weekly, of C-Dub's Weekly Manga Corner. Um, and I hope, I hope you guys go back to those series and read them because I think it's, I think they were the, some of the better chapters of this week's um, issue number 39 of Weekly Shonen Jump. And I'm hoping issue 40 um, this coming Sunday, Monday, um, kind of gives us a better crop of chapters because I wasn't really quite impressed um, but I hope still I hope this this month one was entertaining for you guys because as it was entertaining for me to write here and um, record um, as much as the rest of the episode uh, of today's episode but that will do it for me um, thank you for guys for listening thank you for supporting the show that you guys been doing over this last month and a half really been really really big uh, like I said, please support, keep supporting the show by listening, sharing with your friends and family, keep sharing it with the weeds that you know on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, wherever you guys can be, tell them about the number one anime manga show on the internet, Weebcast, with its host, C-Dub. Um, and, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Senpai. follow me on Instagram at WeebcastTV, and even more importantly, support the show if you can. Please support the show, because now you can do so officially on my, on the show's Weeb on the show's Patreon, on patreon.com forward slash Weebcast Show. I'll be posting it on my social medias. Um, I'm going to have to put it into my descriptions of these episodes now um, as well. 
um, so you guys can be able to get right onto it. Um, uh, so it'd be a lot easier, like I said. So very much appreciated for listening to this episode. Um, it's been a treat. Get ready for some cool things in the future. Next week, shoujo episode. Shoujo genre episode. I'm still debating whether it's going to be two parts, but we'll see. But that's next week. You'll be getting at least part one of my shoujo episode. Um, and then the week after, if it's not a part two of the shoujo episode, you'll be getting my Tokyo Ghoul retrospective. Um, I haven't done one since the Bleach one. Um, and I'm going to talk about Tokyo Ghoul. It's manga. It's anime. It's place in history. The importance of it give you my official recast score um talk about my favorite moments my favorite characters and all that good stuff and kind of see where it places in history like i did with the bleach retrospective and that's going to be awesome um and then later and then later into the future also we're going to be doing i'm going to be doing my uh fall anime 2020 preview which i cannot wait to do because there's so many things i really want to talk about i was looking at the fall schedule and it looks pretty chock full you know i think it's going to be better than the the, the summer one the summer one's been kind of light even though there's been some good series um it's nowhere compared to the greatness that i think we're going to get um in october and beyond for the fall schedule so you're going to be getting that a little bit later on is later on in the month of september as well um so i think that's about it um that's enough house cream you guys have a lovely lovely rest of the uh, morning afternoon evening or night um thank you for allowing my voice um into your ears into your homes um i'll be back next week uh, with another great episode and uh, if you ever want to become a guest on the show hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and you can be on the show if you like um, we can talk about some cool stuff so that'd be awesome but um, this is we've guest number one anime mom show and I'm Speed Up your host and I'm Audi 3000 goodbye